This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. In his new book, The Last Days of Democracy, How Big Media and Power-Hungry Government Are Turning America into a Dictatorship, co-authored with Bruce W. Fraser, our guest today, Elliot D. Cohen, shows how mainstream media like CNN, Fox, and NBC, together with giant telecoms like Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T, have become Bush administration pawns in a well-organized effort to attack our country. Cohen, or hijack our country, I should say. Cohen is the editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Applied Philosophy, the ethics editor for Free Inquiry magazine, and author of News Incorporated and Philosophical Issues in Journalism. He's also the first prize recipient of the 2007 Project Censored Award for his investigative reporting on the corporate takeover of the Internet. Elliot Cohen, welcome to Weekly Signals. Great to be here. How are you doing today? What's it like in Florida? It's sunny and warm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel global warming has has arrived in Florida? <laughs> I, well, that's happened a while back. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I'm suspicious about the hurricanes. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So... Tell us the title of your book, The Last Days of Democracy. Is that a warning, or do you really feel we're in the last days right now? I actually believe that we are in the last days. Uh, um, There's not that much hyperbole going on there, in my estimation. I think it's reality. Hmm. And and what makes you say that? Is this something that's taken a long time, or or would you count 9-11 as a a big drop-off point? What's, what's uh, What's the prognosis here? Well, I think in the past seven years under the Bush administration, it's really taken off. I think a lot of the seeds were set uh, prior with the, uh, for instance, the 1996 Telecommunication Act, which gave corporations more uh, room to to consolidate. But and and that that ties into I think the ability of the Bush administration to control and amass power over people. But uh, some of the things that have happened, I think we can, this is an enormous list of, of, of oppressions of, of civil liberties that have taken place. I mean, we've had operations of secret prison camps, uh, tortures of prisoners, Abu Ghraib and Gitmo. I mean, we all know about this, but even the transcending of, of the Geneva Conventions, it's the right uh, claimed by the president to decide what constitutes torture. And, and under the Geneva Convention, the NSA spying program warrantlessly uh, Bush's signing statements, which he basically nullifies congressional lawmaking power uh, in violation of constitutional law. I mean, it goes on. Threats to journalists, cancellation of habeas corpus, defining enemy combatant in such a way that anybody deems hostile to U.S. interests would be considered uh, an enemy combatant. So, I, I mean, these, the list goes on and, and on, and uh, that's what makes me say that we're in the last days of democracy. And and it isn't as though we have here a lame duck president who's sitting back and, and not attempting to amass more power. The As, as the days go on, we find more and more uh, the same kinds of amassing of power and violations of law and legalizing uh, things that were previously not legal, such as uh, warrantless spying. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing to me in, in one sense is that uh, this is the charge that essentially brought Richard Nixon down 
is his presidency and the impeachment really came to, uh, came about because of the discovery of wire, wireless wiretapping, and yet in our at this present day, it seems to be basically not even making a small ripple in the in the body politic. As not far just as, a small ripple, but Congress just legalized it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They gave him. They gave him permission to spy on people without warrants. Yeah. And 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 if if you read uh, carefully the the legislation, the the, the nineteen as nineteen twenty seven, the protect so called Protect America Act of two thousand and seven. Uh, it, it's so vague that uh, all they need is a substantial purpose to uh, uh, collect uh, foreign in, in intelligence, to, to spy on a foreign uh, individual. And it doesn't matter how many Americans they take in on it. So it, basically what it amounts to is that any, any overseas call that, that American citizens make can be monitored by by the government, and it gets worse than that because, uh, as I as uh, I, I mentioned in a recent article of mine, uh, any any call, even even domestic calls uh, placed within the country from one individual to another, uh, is is passing through uh, the AT and T system and being uh, monitored by NSA in secret rooms that are set up, and this is all documented. Uh, this isn't. Um, Make believe, and this is part of why I say we're in the last days of democracy. The the uh, Fourth Amendment has been gutted, if if this is the case, and indeed I believe it is. Uh, last week I was watching C-SPAN, and they were replaying uh, the arguments in front of I think it was the uh, Ninth Circuit Court. Um, plaintiffs uh, at AT and T stockholders were 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 uh, petitioning the government, or yeah, for a redress on this on this idea of AT and T being allowed to wiretap. And to watch the AT&T attorneys go through this sort of tortured legal logic about how they couldn't even disclose whether or not they were engaged in this mm-hmm. or not, and therefore they this, the, the, the clients had no standing or the plaintiffs had no standing. And to just w- sort of bear witness to this, where have you know, how far have we gone down this road to where you can't even begin to redress some of these, uh, some of these obvious uh, uh, over, overreaching on the part of the government? And private companies. Well, it's what the government does is claim top secret information, and yeah. and and uh, that it's supposed to. In the name of national security, we can't tell you anything. So, in the name of national security, what we can do is is take all your civil rights away, and and it's justified because. We don't have to say a word because it's in national security, and, and that's that's the kind of game that that they're playing. And as a result of that, uh, they take more and more of our constitutional rights and gut them. They they violate them, and then they legalize their violations. And we've, we're running down this slippery slope where it keeps getting more and more um, swallowing up more and more of uh, what used to be our freedoms. And and people need to realize this. They, it, it, it's it's easy enough to wake up every morning and uh, and think you're free, <laughs> but freedom is only you only realize that you don't have your freedom when you try to exercise it and it isn't there. Mm-hmm. And at some point, that's going to become abundantly clear. And and that's why people need to need to realize it before that actually happens. We're speaking with Elliot D. Cohen. The book is The Last Days of Democracy. Um, I've got to say, though, that you know, sometimes everyone focus on is on the government as pulling off this uh, 
you know, this attempt to, to uh, well, hijack America. Aren't we to blame, too? Isn't the, the press much to blame and, and a, a citizenship who just doesn't pay attention and is easily entertained by, uh, well, The Daily Show? Yeah, I, I, I think yeah, that's, that's right on target. Uh, we, people have to take responsibility for what's going on, and it, it's easy enough to blame the government. But we have to understand what, what the, the, what's going on here, the dynamics of it, and, and how corporations, uh, and incidentally, that's what we have with the media. They're giant uh, conglomerate uh, corporations. And, and what, what's going on here is that these companies, these giant media corporations and telecommunication companies are basically money uh, machines. They're interested in, in increasing their bottom line. And in order to do that, they have to cooperate with government because government can shut them down. If we take, for instance, the AT&T uh, Bell South uh, merger, uh, that wouldn't have happened if AT&T wasn't willing, uh, I would, I would uh, suggest, uh, to, to play ball with, with government in the NSA wiretapping. Uh, they do these things because there's money in it. They're not, it's not like the, the corporate media is interested in uh, some, advancing some political ideology they're they're interested in making money and it's all about that so uh, we we don't have the fourth estate anymore we don't have this press that uh, is going to keep us informed about government corruption it falls short of that it doesn't report in the manner that it should be it isn't that the 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 reporters aren't out there covering the stories it's just that they're being edited and censored by the time they get to the people so when people rely on mainstream media they're really shutting themselves out of, of information because these companies are not doing their job the way they would if they were independent of, of government, which is what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be the watchdogs of democracy, not, not in cahoots with the government. And so people need to realize that, and then they need to go out and they, have, they should get information from independent media sources. While we have uh, an Internet that, that provides such sources, we have availability of information, and people should, uh, should avail themselves of that and, and, and inform themselves. But instead, most people get their information from the, from the mainstream media, and the mainstream media is biased. So there's responsibility in, in, in informing ourselves, and then there's responsibility in, in once you are informed, uh, doing something about it, like talking to people, protesting, uh, by sending letters to Congress and, and asserting one's constitutional rights. But people have fallen asleep. They're, they're more interested in, in listening about Britney Spears and her latest escapades than to actually see their country uh, in, in, uh, <laughs> to survive. Well, I want to. You're bringing up a number of different issues here, and one to me, this goes back to a lot of this goes back to the fairness doctrine, mm-hmm. and it also goes back to the uh, trying to make news a profit center. Mm-hmm. But and and as you rightly describe, I mean, res- uh, corporate corporations have a fiduciary, a legal responsibility to mm-hmm. try and maximize profit. So all these things sort of feed into one another in all of this. Right. But I wanted you to talk a little bit about how you see these media conglomerates and other corporate interests taking over. Uh, the internet. I don't under explain that uh, a little bit. How that? Yeah, that that's that's an important point because, uh, as I mentioned, the internet is really our most valuable resource right now. But 
what's happening is it's it's threatening to uh, to go the way of the rest of mainstream media, and that's because in uh, 2005 there was a decision, the Brand X decision, Supreme Court decision, and basically the Supreme Court ruled that the internet's like a cable TV station; it can be owned and can be operated just like a cable TV station, effectively. What this means is it can control the cable, and therefore the information sends through it. So, uh, for instance, Fox News t- it decides what, what programming you're going to hear and sends it to us. And basically that's what they're saying the Internet is. Not that the information is a two-way street where it's more like a, a phone conversation than like a, 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 a one-way information uh, route. And this is what it said, that the Internet is, is really a information uh, resource, not, not a telecommunication resource. Right, and, right. and, and what, that, what that means effectively is that they can control the content. You know, the, these large corporations can control the content. Uh, the, the Comcast, for instance, can decide what uh, information gets processed through the Internet. Now what they want to do is set up, once they've gotten through this hurdle and they've done away with what's called common carriage where the internet pipes are considered uh, like a public roadway now they're more like a private roadway right. and and they can control them the next step what they want to do and, if, and these companies have uh, like these telecommunication companies like Comcast have powerful lobbies in Congress to do this they want to set up these toll booths where uh, only only those who have deep pockets, have a lot of money, can purchase bandwidth that's going to make them accessible to the people. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can turn on a, a click on a on a on a station and and get it fast. You know, go to right. an address right. and get it fast. But people who don't have uh, money are not going to be able to have uh, fast bandwidth, and as a result, they'll end up spinning out in cyberspace. So, who's going to control the internet if all this takes place? the same corporations that are controlling mainstream media. So essentially we're talking about a, a multi-tiered access to uh, to the internet. Is what exactly. Talking. Yeah, a pay for play program where you get better re- you get better uh, reception if you pay and only those companies that have real deep pockets namely the big corporations will be able to afford to have quick fast bandwidth where you can get them and uh, and hear them clearly. We're speaking with Elliot uh, D. Cohen, and the, his book is The Last Days of Democracy. Uh, you, you co-authored this with also with Bruce uh, Frazier. So mm-hmm. I just want to get his name out there. Um, and one of the frustrating things in all of this is you, you were describing the, uh, you know, the, the FISA rulings and, the, and the, 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 what was it called, the last act that was passed? Brand X decision? No, no, not no. I'm to sorry. Protect the, America. Protect yeah. America yeah. Act. Mm-hmm. They, oh. This could not. These things cannot be done without at least some complicity on the part of the Democrats. What, what's so frustrating to me was for six years the Democrats just kind of rolled over while Bush passed all kinds of legislation, and the, this thought, well, I always thought, was they couldn't do anything about it. There was literally nothing they could do. Now that the Democrats are a majority, they can't seem to get anything passed because they don't have sixty votes. So what happened? And and so obviously the Democrats seem to be some anyway seem to be willing to go along with this but yeah but but there were about uh, i think 14 or so democrats in the senate 
um, yeah. was it, that yeah. uh, actually yeah. voted in favor of of this legislation. Yeah. And and if if uh, they didn't, then this thing couldn't have gotten passed. But they did. And so is there complicity? Yeah, definitely. I I don't understand it. Uh, I I think that uh, they're uh, falling down on on their yeah. job. <laughs> But uh, but it, it, the the end product is the this Bush administration is more powerful than ever. They're not doing anything about it. <sighs> I've got to feel in some ways though that our uh, allowing corporate takeover is also slowing down the research and development, and that other comp- uh, countries will will pass us as far as internet access and and what they're able to do. And uh, I know that's not a good thing for the United States. But uh, maybe it is a good thing for the United States to to uh, have their their technological edge taken away from them and and realize that this kind of uh, limiting of uh, an ability to have a two way street isn't good for them. Is is there any logic in that at all? Well, I I sure hate to see sacrifice of of technologies that can help cure diseases and help people and 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 all sorts of things like that being sidestepped and a lot of that is being sidestepped yeah. by 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 beliefs uh moral and religious uh mostly religiously led uh, beliefs as far as uh, stem cell research and things like that so and there's technologies uh being lagging uh yeah. i i'm i'm concerned that that uh, our technologies will be be sidetracked, and 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 uh, we we won't uh, have and reap the benefits that we otherwise would. Will it be a lesson to us? I don't know. Was it a lesson to Castro that um, that his society was uh, the way it was yeah. for so many years, or did he just continue to dictate? Uh, right. Right. <laughs> Right. So, so you're comparing Bush to Cash there. Now, is that, is that well, right? I can make some other comparisons. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's all kinds. Oh, well, go ahead. Bigger go dictators. Ahead. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you mentioned uh, the kind of turning the United States into a banana republic. Yeah. I mean, uh, that that could happen. It could, yeah. And But will we learn our lesson that way? Um, Do you see anything pulling us out of that, though? I Sometimes I just think you, you have to go through all the pain to get to the other side, especially in, in our case, because when when so many people still think that Saddam Hussein was involved in weapons of mass destruction, it's hard to believe that they're going to to come up with a a big thought like uh, maybe we ought to open up the internet. Or, yeah, but to go through pain means you're aware, and okay. I I think that what people do is rationalize the situation, and they're not total. They're not aware enough to be in pain. Wow. Those those who are aware are in pain. <laughs> yeah. Those those who aren't aware are uh, are gleeful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you just identified something that for me it does bother me because whenever I every once in a while I'll watch one of the big three ABC, NBC, CBS evening news, and when I'm done with that experience, I have no idea what what real information I should have gleaned from it. It is so. It, uh, it is so devoid. It's like uh, like bad cereal, bad breakfast cereal. It's all sugar. There's not really much there. And if you get a steady diet of this, how would you even know about some of these things like that you're talking about? They're they're treated with uh, they're just there's no depth to this stuff. So it's really difficult to figure out how you're going to g- communicate this stuff to people who have no context for it. That's the difficulty I have. 
That's that's right. And and for example, take the Downing Street memos, right? Where this was an official document that essentially said that the war was trumped up, that they were going to make the facts fit the policy, and they were going to make it sound like we had a reason to go into war with Iraq, that Saddam Hussein posed a threat to this country, and they were able to and convince people through the mainstream media that that was the case. But the Downing Street memo was an official document that disputed that. Right. refuted that and and essentially it was censored by the mainstream media so while right. this was lots of chatter was going on on the internet the mainstream was mum yeah. and people are watching the mainstream and they don't even know about it yeah and it wasn't until there was a uh, real um pressure that the cork popped and then the mainstream media had to address it and then when they did they basically whitewashed it they talked about well we don't have an exit strategy they right. didn't talk about it was trumped up, just that we didn't have an exit, exit strategy. And, and that's the way it goes. And people don't move from the media mainstream to the media independent. And, and this is where there's a problem, unless there's that movement, unless people stop relying on mainstream media and start listening to independent media while they last. Yeah. Then, uh, then people aren't going to be informed, and then they're not going to be in pain. Well, L.A.D. Cohen, you have advocated for the impeachment of Vice President uh, Cheney. I was going to say Vice President Bush. I, I, I really <laughs> was. I just, I just, heard, I just had a moment there. Uh, but, but it's true. It's Vice President Bush and President Cheney. You, you're advocating their their uh, their impeachment. Uh, as a way of hopefully precluding some kind of martial law in this country, am I, am I frame, am I saying that correctly? Yes, yes. Uh, that there's there's some really frightening stuff out there, and and uh, it kind of put it together. Uh, one was uh, if you if you remember uh, not too long ago the 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 statement that we can expect a terrorist attack this summer. Right. Chertoff said that. Yeah, when Chertoff said that. And and that came on the heels of the National Intelligence Estimate, which said that there was real serious threats of al-Qaeda building in the uh, area border, border between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And this really meant that we can expect a, a terrorist attack. There was there was significant threat there, and, and we're not talking about certainty, but probability. If you read the the estimate, it it doesn't say it's certain, but it said there's yeah good probability. And Al Qaeda is up to pre nine eleven there and all this. Yeah, yeah so. right now, put put that together with the fact that recently Bush with well talking to Congress about this, put on his uh, website this national continuity policy, which basically says that if there's a natural disaster or terrorist attack, it could be uh, another Hurricane Katrina or it could be a 9-11 or something more modest but still serious, uh, he can take over all three branches of government. And then basically we're officially... A dictatorship. Now, here's the probability that they're saying there's there could be another terrorist attack. Now, if there's another terrorist attack, this document, which bypasses Congress, doesn't give Congress any authority, 
uh, it ter- turns us into a official dictatorship. He controls all the branches of government. And Cheney decides whether the power moves from uh, one president to another. And the last time Cheney was asked to find a vice president, he found himself. So <laughs> we can figure out what he'll find. Yeah. But so, yeah. I, I mean, when, when you put all this together, what, what it means is that there's a, a, a probability that this country will officially become a dictatorship. And if we're supposed to protect our country and we're concerned about national security, we want to prevent that from happening. It doesn't have to be certain, no, long, no more than a terrorist attack is certain, but we still want to protect against it. Yeah. So if we want to protect against this country being a dictatorship, don't we need to do something about it? And how do you do it? Well, the best way to do it is to get, you know, to impeach uh, Cheney and Bush and Cheney. And that, that was my argument. And I yeah. think that's an excellent argument, <laughs> yeah. by the way. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have run out of time here. I'm sorry, Nathan. Yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. It's just I, one, one more, one more argument in favor of what I've always been in favor. of. <laughs> yes. Well, Elliot D. Cohen, I want to thank you very much for being here on Weekly Signals. The book's "The Last Days of Democracy: How Big Media and Power-Hungry Government Are Turning America into a Dictatorship." Thank you. A pleasure. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals.